All righty, guys. Welcome back. Um, uh, this will be a week later episode, even though we shot it two days in a row. Uh, it turns out Ismalar time has personal stuff to attend to, and he hates me. So that's what we're going to say. Uh, <laughs> huge shout out to Brownells for uh, the channel sponsoring, I guess, or whatever, since they do technically give us things for that uh, we do shout them out. They uh, are super helpful to the channel and we have an affiliate link down below for them. So if you go if you go into the description, you'll find the affiliate link in my link tree. Just go in there, you can click on anything and you'll be, uh, you'll be directed to Brownells. I have two of them, one for Edge, which is an awesome program and the other one for um, just their homepage on their website. So uh, we will be going over more night vision stuff today. We'll do, we'll get into that. And then um, today I put some rounds down range on the PCC. So we'll get into that first, just to get that out of the way. Um, and then I don't know what else we're going to do. What else are we going to talk about? Yeah. I don't know. See where, see where it goes. Yeah. So I guess we could kind of get into like war gun setups. Like if you're going to, if you're going to take your gun to war, like what are you going to have on it? You know? Um, like civil defense rifles type stuff. Um, also huge shout out to Kate Yarms, uh, with the, uh, PCC, um, that I have, which I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm not a big fan of PCCs. I'm pretty sure I've made this very well known on this podcast and in my YouTube channel. So, um, today I went out and I did some shooting there with the, uh, KP nine from Kate Yarms. Not a bad thing. Um, I am running a... A Delton, no, not a Delton, I'm sorry. Delta Team Tactical, DTT, um, barrel. And apparently the threads aren't one half by 28, they're one half by 36. Um, so apparently that's a common nine millimeter thread pitch for muzzle devices, um, which going forward, I will never get that thread pitch again because everything you put on there is stupid. Um, and I think most of the nine millimeter cans run one half by third or one half by 28 instead of one half by 36. Uh, it well, the the half by thirty six. The reasoning behind that is so that people wouldn't mount a five five six flash hider on there. Um, well, they're just stupid if they do that. Yeah, but that was the whole reason behind it was so nobody would mix them up. Uh, so I have two barrels that are half by thirty six, um, and then that I still don't even know what length that war sport barrel is. I'm pretty sure it's eight and three quarters. That's a half by twenty eight. Um, but I think they specifically did it half by 28 because they designed their, um, they had their own uh, muzzle device that was kind of, it's like a modernized A2 um, flash hider, but it looks more like a pineapple per se, like it flares out. Um, <clears throat> but either way, they designed that so that it would, it could handle 5.56 five, or nine millimeter going through it. Um, smart production things so they didn't have to make two different sizes interesting well one half by 36 apparently is the standard for nine millimeter that's hilarious uh but aren't all the, like the direct threads for um cans um, well i mean all, most cans are going to come with a half by 28 but that's designed for uh pistol use so um like when you're talking direct thread there are fixed mounts um, and then there is the, and I, I feel like I fumble the verbiage with the whole piston setup. Um, but there's the, the piston setup that's required to function on a pistol with the, the barrel, uh, rising as the slide goes back. Well, yeah, but that you can't run a piston on a, on a, on a non tilting barrel gun. So like you can't run a piston system on like an AR nine because it'll damage the piston system. Correct. Yeah. And so with that, normally you have options out there of half by 28 or half by 36 or what is it? One by 13 and a half. If you're metric. Well, no one uses that communist verbiage. <clears throat> you know, um, supposedly they, they say, and I haven't messed with any of it, so I can't speak for it, but the research that I've seen, um, if you're running that on a pistol, you're less likely for it to um, the can to back off because I guess the threading is reversed, so it actually holds better. Hmm. I would think it would unthread either way, but I some reason that supposedly is better. <laughs> Interesting. 
Have you ever heard of a guy named Risky Krisky on Risky? YouTube? No. Oh, I, I don't know. Every video I've seen of his is not like my jam, but apparently people love the guy. Um, you know, to each their own. You know, some people I guarantee you don't like my videos. I actually know a few of them don't. So, <clears throat> but with, with that being said, uh, we'll get away from that. Um, but yeah, PCC, I put about 150 rounds for it today. So I did two different, I did federal 124 grain. I did seller and billet 124 grain and what is that other shit that I have? Magtech 115 grain. So Magtech 115 grain actually ran great with the eight, eight ounce buffer that I got with the um, 308 spring that's in there. So that did really well and it worked pretty good from what I'm, from what I'm seeing, it worked really well. Uh, I even sent you a video and then shooting right-handed. Um, apparently I slapped the ever loving hell out of the trigger. So I'll have to work on that. And then, um, yeah, so shooting left-handed is my jam. So I'm going to stick to that. I'm actually really good at, at my split times with my left hand, but with my right hand, I feel like, you know, it's the first time you get to finger bang a girl with the new hand. So, you know, you're going to be a little off, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so my right-handed shooting is, is strong in the, in the point of aim, point of impact area, but it is not in the, uh, everything else. It feels really backwards to me. So getting into the right hand game, I, I should probably put more rounds down range on the right side of my body just to get used to that. But, um, I think that it's it's pretty interesting trying to figure all that out. Was there a reason why you went right-handed today versus left? Did it have to literally be just a... just for that video? Literally just for that video, <laughs> just okay, so that just way check. people just so that way people were like, "Oh, I can't see it when it's over there." Because if I put the if I put it on the other side, then it, it's like the bays how they have them set up. Like it's just this really small space over there, and I don't like it. So I have to put it on the one side, but that's on my right side, and I'm not right-handed. So I literally just did it for the video just to have some sort of thing. But on Monday. Uh, I'm going to go out. I've got my tripod and uh, actually have my tripod and my bog hunt tripod. And I'm going to set that up in different areas. So that way I can run that and get some, get some footage for everybody come Monday, because come Monday um, I've got nothing to do and no one will be home. So I get to go to the range and have all the fun. <laughs> so lucky <laughs> I know. So I'm going to go do that come Monday. I'm definitely putting the uh, I've got 400 rounds um, I need to put down range so it'll have a total of 550 and then I'm going to save the last 500. I'm going to try to get it suppressed. Um, if I can, if I can't, I'll have to figure another way to do that, but I'm going to try to at least shoot it suppressed. Some of it, if I can't shoot it suppressed, I apologize, but I'm definitely going to temper that because I don't know if the nine millimeter cans that, um, my buddy has, or if they're one half by 36 or if they're, they're one half by 28 or whatever. So with the barrel being one half by 36, which definitely threw off that, um, I'm gonna have to figure that out, but to all the dumbasses who put AR 15 flash hiders and muzzle devices on your nine millimeters, um, I really hope they caused you immense amount of pain because you're causing me an immense amount of pain right now. <laughs> um, so uh with that being said um so far initial impressions it shoots really smooth it's a really smooth shooting thing um i really like the ke arms um what i don't know it's called like the delta rail or something like that it's a very lightweight rail i mean i'm i'm gonna not lie to you guys when i say that i think this 16 inch gun is coming in at under six pounds um with an optic on it uh so it's very lightweight for me, especially since nine millimeter barrels are usually a lot thinner than five, five, six barrels because the chamber pressures are lower and the barrel is thinner because of the amount uh, that's taking out of this, that's taken out of the center for the nine millimeter bullets themselves. So they're usually a little bit thinner. Um, that's, that's a very, very good, um, shooting barrel, by the way, the Delta team tactical, I don't know if they make it or if it's made by someone else, but it's a one in 10 twist, 16 inch, uh, 16.5 inch AR nine barrel and it's direct blowback and it fucking blows um <laughs> i will tell you right now pccs are extremely smoky especially in indoor gun ranges i have a feeling going outside they won't be so bad but being on an indoor gun range it was definitely very 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 smoke filled room really quickly 
Um, but it's a lot quieter than you'd think. Um, like shooting my, I went and shot my nine millimeter handgun, my MMP 2.0 and shooting the 124 grain out of there and shooting the, um, the, the, um, the 115 grain out of there. You could definitely tell it was, it was a lot louder with the 124 grain. Um, and then going to the, uh, going to the rifle shooting the 124 grain was absolutely quiet. You know, 124 grain and 115 grain were both very quiet. I ran some 124 grain hollow points, these Sierras that I have here, they're Sierra bullets, um, nine millimeter, 124 grain jacketed hollow points. I ran about 10 of those through there, performed phenomenal. I uh, only shot out to 25 yards and I, and I sighted in my, my uh, green dot that I have on top there, the hollow sun. So that's not too bad. We'll see how we'll see how it rolls out, but I'm pretty confident in the AR9 thing will will go smoothly when we get to a thousand rounds. I'm a little annoyed at the last round bolt hold open not being on there um, because as an AR guy, I really want the last round round bolt hold open, um, but I also know that that's um, a feat of engineering to put into a lower receiver and or an upper receiver. So I'll see if, um, uh, I'll see if the EPC nine can come in. I was going to say the new frontier ones, um, if you run their uppers, they, in my opinion, run flawless. The EPC ones? Um, uh, well, they're actually the same. Well, same style. Um, the new frontier ones are, I mean, the new frontier is the one that originally came out with that design. So Arrow has essentially taken, I personally think they've taken those receivers and milled them to their own um, design. Yeah. Well, they I think they had to. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people doing that out there with those new frontier lowers, like Wyndham Weaponry is using the AR-9 lowers, but they added a finger groove on it. Um, the unbranded AR, the original AR-9s they did were straight up the new frontier ones branded as theirs which there's tons of people doing that um like joe bobs um but then their gen 2 they milled a ton off um and your comment about the weight i'm surprised that the 16 inch is actually uh light uh, that might actually be have a lot to do with the ke arms uh lower because in my opinion my sbr is uh heavy and i i thought a lot of that had to a lot to do with like the um the bolt and that kind of stuff yeah the bolt i will say it's very centered in the weight though because of where the bolt sits but you can tell like that's a pretty chunky bitch um yeah like in the center like especially with the bolt like the bolt weighs about half the size of the moon so you know that bitch going back and forth definitely will knock you around if you're not prepared for it because the first couple shots i took were definitely like oh that's a little punchy and then, you know, after that, you kind of get used to it. It is definitely nowhere near what it is for um, like a 5.56, like 5.56 recoil. I mean, I guarantee you could run a seven and a half inch 5.56 pistol and it has half the amount of recoil as that AR9. Um, and I don't know, maybe it needs to, maybe it needs a higher buffer or something, you know, maybe that would be softer. I have no idea, but it is a lot of mass going back. Cause you got to think an eight ounce buffer plus the 900 ounces in the, in the bolt carrier group itself. Um, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty punchy. It's smooth. It feels very smooth, but it is punchy. So I'm hoping that comes across or translates to people if they, if they don't know. But, I, I mean, mine's pretty smooth, so I it, I wonder if that is the extra mass on your buffer, and it also could come running? down to the. Um, I'm running that five point four. Oh, okay. It also could come down to. I mean, the the bolt carrier, depending on the weight, um, the the bolt that I'm running in my SBR um, is the one that they New Frontier was making it a while ago, uh, and it was modular. Um, so you could actually, you could take the bolt breaks in half and mm -hmm. you could basically replace the front. If you were going to run like 40 or, um, I think like 45, it basically, you could replace the whole front half and it maintained the whole back half. Interesting. Uh, they discontinued that design from what I've seen, but it was a good concept, uh, when they started it. And that was something when I actually went to build the second one. Uh, you know, I overanalyzed the hell out of shit. So I was comparing the weights between the bolt carriers 
um, to essentially try to get the same thing going that I had because I knew it ran flawless and I knew PCCs could be finicky. I don't, to be honest, I don't know that much about the PCCs. So it's like, it is kind of finicky. I don't, I know that the 45 um, PCCs, like the, uh, the FM 45 and stuff like that, the Foxtrot mic stuff, I know those can be kind of um, finicky also, but I mean, aren't they kind of the same? Like I, to be honest, I don't necessarily, I haven't shot 45 in like 10 years. Um, or unless someone brought it out to the range because they're a FUD or something. I have no idea, but I don't shoot 45 uh, all that often. I think it's uh, outdated round like 40 Smith and Wesson. So just to me, I'm, I'm sticking into the, the nine millimeter game because you know it's plentiful. It's cheap. I can buy a thousand rounds for under, under 400 bucks. Um, and it's not, it's not insane. So to me, I think that, getting into like a 45 PCC or, or something like that is definitely not, not worth it in the AR 45, AR nine, AR 40 category. I think they're all kind of um, dated. And I say that in the sense of, uh, because I, I think it's just because I'm not a fan and I'm not a competition shooter. Like I don't run PCCs in competition because I don't, I don't run too many competitions. I like taking classes and I do think that competition is good, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to use a PCC for home defense. I know that if I'm trying to cut down times, you can run a PCC in a competition. I, I wholly get that. Um, and you probably should do that considering the fact of um, you're trying to get the, the highest possible score, lowest possible times. Um, but when it comes to my house, you know, 55 grain M193 isn't going to zip through too many walls and I'm still going to be able to accurately put rounds on whoever's coming into my house. And I'm pretty sure if I hit them a couple times with some 55 grain M193 at the 3,200 feet per second inside my house, they're going to turn into a ball of pain. And I don't really need that for nine millimeter. I don't, I don't foresee needing nine millimeter for whatever I'm doing in my house other than my handgun. That's why I think that that's also why I think that uh, um, PCCs are kind of like a, like a very specific niche type deal. So interesting question. Cause I, somebody sent me stuff. I don't know. It was probably like two years ago. Um, but home defense rounds, they were watching YouTubes and somebody was actually recommending um, like varmint rounds, 55 yeah. grain. Oh, what, who was it? Federal. They have a 40 grain that I, well, I would highly, I, I run the, uh, there is a, there's one, it's a 50 grain jacketed hollow point, And I have that, I have three magazines. One, I have 75 grain frontier. I have um, 55 grain M183 and 50 grain um, stuff. And that 50 grain stuff, when you hit stuff, I mean, that round fucking explodes. I mean, that yeah. thing just, and it's. But that's, uh, I guess just to be, for those that haven't looked into that, uh, just to kind of clarify that the varmint rounds are supposed to disperse like all, um, and I don't know the exact verbiage I'm looking for here. I'm kind of blanking on the word, but basically they disperse all power when they hit whatever they're hitting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All their um, mass. Yeah. So they, it, yeah. So it shouldn't, my understanding from what I watched before, it really shouldn't even go through. There shouldn't be any, uh, uh, straight through. It should actually stay within whatever it's going to. Yeah. I do have that. Yes. That would definitely be, um, they should be, like M193, M193 doesn't necessarily go through a lot when it hits what it's supposed to hit. Um, even drywall M193 will only go through a couple panels of drywall before it's virtually ineffective. I don't know how many that is, and I'm not going to be shooting into somebody's room, but you know, if, if you're in my living room and I've got a clear shot, I'm definitely taking it. I don't think it's going through my front door or through wherever and, and hitting my neighbor's house. Um, and if it does, then, you know, the guy that broke into my house is responsible for that murder. But you gotta, you gotta understand, um, take, take what you're doing and, and, and roll with what you're comfortable with, uh, is how I would put that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The varmint rounds are interesting. I, I, I tested some of them. Uh, when I say tested, I was more trying to 
confirm they were going to uh, come straight out of my uh, my barrel so that I could run my can on it. <laughs> so I go. ran 40 grain and I ran 55 grain. Um, I'm trying to remember which one. I, I know the 40 grain is the SIG. And mm -hmm. I, I believe I told you about that one where I had that issue where I went to chamber it and I had a aero precision buffer spring that was, uh, in my opinion, like the length of it is in spec, but the tension of that thing is way higher than any other buffer spring, uh, carbine buffer spring that I've handled. And it was throwing the bolt forward. Uh, it was causing it to short stroke. And oh, okay it pushed uh, one of those rounds forward and crammed the actual round into the casing. And then there was, you know, all the internal stuff just falling out. You know, what's, <laughs> you know, what's funny is I've actually seated, I've actually seated around in there and had powder come out and I shot the round and instead of the round leaving the, the case, it just kind of like blew up inside the barrel, you know, like it all just kind of like, it just yeah. shot a big old fireball out the front, which I thought was kind of funny. Because then I'm sitting there and I'm like looking at it, I'm like the bullet is in there, and I I guess I'd, I'd something. Had oh, so it still that. was in the it was still in the uh, case. like chamber. Yeah, it was still. Oh, in the it case. was in the case. <laughs> yeah, so it was very interesting how that happened, um, and I, I I I think it was Win. I'm not gonna say Winchester. It wasn't Winchester. It was another brand, uh, and it was cheap. I mean, I got I think I got two thousand rounds for like 650 bucks so i wasn't like upset but that was the only round that it had happened with um and then i let the manufacturer know oh god i can't remember who it was i'll have to look them up um while you're doing that yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to remember who the who the other brand was that i got but they were supposed to be like they were 55 grain and they were highly spoken of i'm gonna have to look um, cause I'm blanking right now, but I know when I've been in my, um, local Bass Pro taking a look at what they have in stock ammo wise, they've had it in recently, but I mean, those varmint rounds are always, they're more, uh, expensive for those that don't know. Yeah. Um, and they have the, the tips are, uh, they're like nylon tips or. Yeah. They're like a, they're ballistic tipped, ballistically yeah. tipped. And to be honest, I'm not 100% sure what that ballistic tip does other than keep shit from getting into it. Um, I know that they help with expansion and things like that. But um, to be honest, it's just a weird thing for me. Like I would take an open tip match round before I would take a ballistic tip match round. Because the thing about the ballistic tips is that sometimes, you know, they're not they're not all the same. So you could have concentricity issues like like when it comes out of the barrel, like before it gets into flight and 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 completely you're saying uh, like the balance of it yeah like, it could be it could be off a little bit i i have not seen that i have zero actual data to to support that other than there have been people who have stated that they have data on that um stating like inconsistencies um with shot groups um, a lot of the ballistically tip stuff is um um like like varmint rounds so you know hunting ammo is notoriously not as accurate as match ammo so you know it is what it is i've heard the same with uh uh green tips or the m855 well yeah but that's that, steel and that's that's a steel core in there and that's that's definitely not going to be centered because you got to remember they're they're casting they're casting those bullets on top of yeah um, i think there's a lot of people that don't realize that though people buy the shit out of it and like it's actually ballistically not superior. In fact, if you're technically using it as like a penetrator round, you're better running a M193 uh, through a 20 inch barrel. Yeah. Well, it was made for the 14.5, so you got to remember it wasn't. It wasn't designed for the 20 inch barrel. It was designed for the 14 and a half inch barrel. So that's kind of what that round was designed around. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, I, <laughs> there's not a whole lot. I, I'm not, I'm not into the whole thing. I like ballistic coefficient of rounds. Like 
I like to find like high BC rounds because they 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 have a tendency to shoot better. But you got to remember, it's all in what your barrel likes. Like if you get a barrel and they're like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, it's one and seven twist, so it can really handle those seventy seven grain rounds. And you shoot every type of seventy seven grain round you can get your hand on, and it doesn't fucking group. And all of a sudden, it groups a forty grain varmint tip round, you know, in in point eight. You know, then that's what that barrel likes. There's no round. There's no way around that. Um, you just you have to be aware of that. Um, I do. I do want to get some heavier ammo. I really wish I could find the 85 grain burger um, or Barnes bullets that I had before because I really want to test those out because they worked really well in another thing that I had. I'd taken a video of it and they were they were decent, um, but I really want to find them and put them through the pace of, you know, would that be a good round for long range? Because it's an 85 grain 5.56 round. So I think it would be a, it'd be a really good round. I just can't find them anywhere. And I don't even know if they really make them anymore. So that would, that would suck. I shot the last of those. So when you find a round uh, that works really well with like a certain upper, uh, do you like notate that in some fashion? Just yeah. curious, curious how you keep track of that. Really don't keep track of it. Because <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you right now, like if I, if, if I find a round that's that good, I usually keep that round on hand and then I mark the box with whatever it shoots pretty well in. So I'm like, I just take the box and I'm like, oh, okay, 13.9 or 13.7 or 14.5 or 16 inch or whatever. You know, I'll find whatever that, that round shoots really well in and that's what I'll, I'll just mark the boxes with that. Be like, this is what you use for this. And then if I, you know, when I go buy more, I go buy more. Um, but I really want to get my hands on some five, five, six, seventy-seven grain. So like the 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 good seventy-seven grain stuff, because I really want to try that out in the thirteen-nine barrel. Because right now I only have this X-Tac match, the PMC, and it's a two-two-three seventy-seven grain, and it has a really low muzzle velocity. So, you know. To me, I don't feel like it's. What's the velocity? Oh, God. Uh, 24 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's 556? Five, five, 223. 223. Okay. Yeah. The, the velocity uh, on the 556 five, M193 is 3180 out of a 16 inch barrel on some Winchester white box that I have here. So that's and that's 556 five, and 193 so the 77 green they're usually they're usually up around 2900 2800 because you know they're a lot lighter um in the 556 five, loadout so they're they're really accurate when you get there but like norma makes one and a couple others so i'm just trying to figure out where i can find those rounds at in fact while you get into what you're going to be doing with night vision i'm going to see if we can find any in stock somewhere well, I don't even know what I'm, I'm fully doing with that, but I'm pretty sure I'm set on uh, Ops Core bump helmet. Um, you mentioned the Team Wendy thing yesterday. I'm not sure what your reasoning behind it was, but I, I did hear that they uh, were contributors to the Hillary Clinton campaign, uh, you know, back in like 2016, which uh, for me, I'm going to avoid them um, probably based off of that. Uh, and it looks like Opscore honestly uh, makes a pretty solid quality helmet anyways. So I was eyeing them before I knew that. That was kind of just the uh, definite uh, lock me into Opscore. Um, yeah. The hard-headed veterans helmets, I, I still, I don't know. I keep looking at them. The thing that I can't grasp is I think the helmets are a lot heavier. And if it's something that, you know, you're going to be running around with, uh, I feel like you want a light helmet. I mean, if yes. granite, yes, if you're getting a ballistic helmet, I can, there's going to be sacrifices. You're going to have to deal with extra weight, but they're, I want to say their helmet was like three pounds with the ballistic helmet and their, the price on their ballistic helmet is a steal. Cause it's like five fifty or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I still think I'm going to do the ops core, um, bump helmet to start. It just seems like the uh, right direction to go. Yeah, I would stick with a bump helmet for sure, for sure. Like, and I know, I know, I'm saying that like uh, probably sounding stupid, but I think you know if you're getting into it, stick with a bump helmet. You can do the counterweight, you can do all that stuff. The, but the um, there's nothing wrong with a with a good bump helmet, uh, especially. Holy shit! 
50 rounds of 77 grain OTM, $94. Where's that? Uh, <laughs> Ammo.com. Uh, did you look at... Let me, let me look this is Black Hills, so I'm going to definitely get that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to spend a hundred bucks for my next paycheck on that. Um, but, um, but oh, I'm sorry, we were talking about bomb helmets. Uh, the, what the fuck was I saying? Oh, I'm sorry. The bump helmets are definitely something you should invest in. Like, you know, not don't, cause you're not spending a ton of money. I think what you're going to pay like 140, 150 for that. Uh, I think they're more than that. Let me look it up quick. Uh, I thought it was it's about three hundred. Were, were you going with hard hat veterans? Uh, no, I was going to do the ops corps. Ops corps bump. I also am trying to figure out where the hell you order them because uh, if you order direct from them, um, what the hell? Let me look it up. It was a long wait, like a long wait. Like I think it's three months. Shit, really? Yes. Um, uh, let me see. Let's type in I'm ops corps. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Bombs core bomb helmet. Bombs core bomb helmet. U.S. Patriot Tactical. Fuck that. Three hundred thirty bucks. Yeah, it's still uh, it's still up there. Fuck that seems dumb. Oh, you're going with these half cut helmets too. So they're also like you have to look at whether you're looking at they do a a carbon composite. Uh, which is, I guess, like their super lightweight one, or I think there's the SF. I would just go with the, oh, the F. The SF is only 150. Oh, 179. Okay. Yeah, I got one, uh, 150 on the OpsCore site, it looks like. Okay. So, um, Optics but, Planet. I mean, I mean, their lead time, though, is 60 to 90 days. Like, Optics Planet has a U.S. night vision recon bump helmet for one forty four ninety five, and it's got free shipping. Uh, that's the Ops Corps. Uh, no, U.S. night vision. No, oh, okay. Ops Corps. It's a look. bump helmet, so it's you know one forty four. I mean, save you some money. It's a bump helmet. I don't think it's going to be, you know, the best in the game. I would look at some of those. Now, I will say, I have my Mitch too, and that that guy has ran with me everywhere. Um, I I had that helmet for six years when I was in the army. Um, it went through a couple different iterations, and now I finally have, um, I finally have my kind of have it set up to where I'm going to run it when I when I put all my night vision kit on there. So that's good. The only thing I think I'm going to need is. Um, a counterweight for the back. I have all my chin straps and stuff like that. So I think um, you're talking that, about doing the, the battery, the extension battery on the back, and maybe, then additional weight. It's too fucking expensive, to be honest. Um, I think it's like five hundred bucks for the extension. Yeah, so it's it's a, it's fucking dumb with how much it costs. Um, but it does give you like thirty hours of runtime with your your night vision. So I guess it's all the other thing. Go ahead. The other thing I was going to say that's cool about the helmets too, is like, uh, I mean, if you have a GoPro or something, you can mount your GoPro and run that during the day. If you're out like at the range shooting. Yeah. I don't have a GoPro. I have one. (laughs) I should should look into that attachment. I got one for Christmas a few years ago. I haven't really used it. $2,000, a Gentex core ballistic helmet. $2,000. $2,000. No, thank you. So yeah, I was, I was chatting with a, a dude on Instagram that I saw had, um, he was running the Howard Lights Ear Pro. And I was looking to see how it was connected on there. Um, so I started asking questions. And um, yeah, he directed me to the helmet he had. And it was, it's probably that exact one. It was two grand. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, no, oh my God. Not yet. Let me make sure I'm actually going to use this. So a large foliage green ops core helmet, fast bump, non-ballistic is 330 bucks. So F that idea. Um, I think that that's the one I think I actually had my eyes on. Um, and I, the one thing, the other thing I keep looking at with these, when I look at like the durability of the, uh, of, of it in general i look at the mount for the front for the uh to actually mount your 
Mm-hmm. Not the J, it's not the J hook because that goes off of the rhino like the, mount. The rhino mount. And that's all integrated into this helmet. I feel like, I don't know. I look at it and I'm like, this could wear weird, but all of the bump helmets have that non-replaceable uh, rhino mount attachment point. Yes, that's true. Um, I built mine. So my helmet came to me and the U.S. Army gave me a screwdriver and said, put it to fucking gather guy. And that's what I did. So I kind of built my helmet out and learned from a lot of dudes who did that stuff. So um, a lot of it comes down to trial and error. You have to test your equipment. Like don't put it on and go, oh yeah, this feels good. No, go put it on and then go run like five range days in a row with it. And, and if, if you can make it through one, then, and it doesn't annoy you, sure. And then two, and it doesn't annoy you, then sure. And by the time you get through like five or six range days and it doesn't annoy you, or you can like, when you can wear it doing whatever you're doing, then it's not bad. Like, I know I need new padding in my helmet, um, specifically because I washed mine and holy Jesus, it came out and it was black and disgusting still. Uh, so I would say, um, that helmet literally went through like a lot of the worst environments you could probably put a helmet in and then had my sweaty ass head in it. And I mean, it reeked like you could wash the inside of that helmet and it would still reek um, just because, you know, there's so much sweat and dirt and crap that gets up in there. You got to imagine you're in dusty environments. You're sweating all over the place. You're doing missions. You're, you're running around, you're, you're getting stuff done. I mean, I'm being around helicopters, the dust just gets in everything. I mean, you know, the funny part, I never knew wearing that helmet, not only does the dust actually get like into your scalp and like in there, but then it also gets like into your crotch and all the other places. So, you know, you've got to understand helmets are, something that requires it to be comfortable and if you can't live with that level of comfort you need to find what works best for you so understand you will be spending some money like that's one of the things like you gotta try your setup like the helmet itself is different but like how the padding is and what you like like are you going to do skeletonized padding? Are you going to do um, the traditional padding? Are you going to go spend money on like the $300 pads that guys wear? You know, it all depends on on what you're going to do. But the way I have it set up right now, I know that if, if I got used to it again, I could definitely wear that for like two to three days, no problem. And probably rarely come off my head. Um, another thing is too, the, the weight difference between a bump helmet and a ballistic helmet um, you got to understand how much stress that puts on your head. I remember wearing my helmet as much as I did. I remember I would consistently get headaches and I don't know if that was from the helmet or the fact, the pack that I, or the fact that I would smoke two packs a day, um, when I was wearing it, just because, you know, you're consistently stressed out and every second you get, you go smoke a cigarette. So, um, you know, I couldn't tell you if I was just overdosing myself on nicotine or if, you know, my helmet was trying to kill me, but I do remember that being an issue for a while. Um, but I mean, I had a lot of stuff on my helmet, you know, so it's, it's, it all dependent on what you're doing with your stuff. So make sure you keep that in mind and understand that you have to get used to it before you go doing things that are, you're going to be like, yes, this is my helmet setup. Like make sure it's set up for you because helmet setups are a huge pain. There are many people out there who claim to have a miracle answer. And I'm going to tell you, it will be comfortable and it will also be uncomfortable. But if there's a fine line you're walking and it's okay and you can stand it for long periods of time, then I'm going to tell you right now, that's probably it. I've had to sleep in my helmet before. It wasn't comfortable, but it was a nice pillow. So (laughs) I'm looking at uh tactical shit has a uh, chase tactic or chase tactical bump helmet but these are a universal fit normally that means it will fit worth shit <laughs> uh, universal fits just always seem to uh they err on the larger size so like smaller heads it just never works i'm gonna send I'm you definitely this link. Gonna... i think i think this link is hilarious i'm gonna send it to you i think you're gonna die laughing when you get that uh, uh ig yeah yeah all right but um, i yeah so then so what you're looking at what kind of laser 
Uh, I'm thinking that the D ball D2. Yeah. I mean, in between that or the purse that we've talked about, I need to look more on the. Well, just remember um, the purse is Russian, so we can't support the Russians. True. Um, I'm, but I'm they, go there might the be a good deal with the Ukrainians getting it off of the, the Russians. Maybe. I'm going to go with a Holosun. I am think I'm going to do the LS or the. Oh my God, this bounty hunter helmet. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> it goes on top of your helmet and you can put it on there. But I, I figured that would be hilarious. You could put that on. That is hilarious. Um, it looks like Mando. Yeah, Mandalorian style stuff. Um, but I'm thinking of going with the Holosun LS321 because Hop Flopophile or whatever his name is on YouTube, he's got some good stuff about lasers on there. And that's kind of the cheapest entry into it, uh, specifically because I think if I go to war, I'm not going to go fighting um, people who have night vision with my setup at night. Like, I think I would use it if I needed to, but I don't, you know, I don't foresee it. You know, granted, I'll eventually upgrade to a better unit. um, But I think as of right now, Holosun kind of has the best emitter, best laser um, in that category of how much you're how much you're paying because i think the hollow sun ls321 is like 700 bucks and i think um yeah they're like between seven or eight hundred they i mean they they get great reviews for sure yeah so i'm i'm trying to figure that out i think um i think the what am I trying to say? You want to you want the I two, right? Uh D two. The D two, okay. The I two yeah. is kind of the crappier one of the two, right? Uh, well, there's the uh, there's the the I two is the lower, uh, I I, I want to say lower end version. <laughs> the more budget friendly, I guess, is the correct way to put it. It's it's about like eleven hundred or eleven fifty versus. The A3 and the D2 are both 1650 uh, on Brownells because um, I just keep going on there and drooling all over this stuff. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, the watching YouTube's the A3, the actual um, IR flood is no comparison to the D2. The D2, the dude was lighting up like 300 yards out <laughs> with his IR flood. Um, Mm -hmm. so from that, I think that's the direction I go. The only other thing I would really consider, because originally I had my heart set on a peck, um, but everything that I'm seeing is, um, don't buy a peck. Well, I I, I'm seeing, they, I don't think they make them anymore, which is mind blowing. At least they don't make them for the civilian market because, um, the first thing I noticed was Brownell said they were discontinued. Then I went on the eotech site and the only way you can find it on there is if you search PEC 15 it's not actually like located anymore under like their uh like night vision section i think they actually had a specific drop down at the time for like ir um but it's no longer there so i no clue what that means uh if it's a supply shortage or um what the cause behind that is yeah i don't know either I'm hoping that means that maybe there's another model coming, but I think we would have seen that at SHOT Show, and I think everybody would have hyped it up. Um, but who knows? Maybe they'll release the government model to civilians. And... Oh, Holosun's going to come out with an enclosed pistol sight. It's a 6MOA dot, 389. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the Holosun, the LS420 coax laser and flashlight. That's 883, so that's not too bad um trying to figure out what because i'm gonna do the i'm definitely going to do the hollow sun like for the laser light the laser and illuminator because the um the le the le i believe go ahead i was gonna say are you looking at the oh there is the le uh 321g yeah so then there's the ls uh 321 I think I'm going to do the LS321 just because it's a little cheaper. And uh, yeah, 824 for the green illuminator. Or, I'm sorry, the laser illuminator with the green laser and IR. It's 0.7 milliwatts is the output. 
Um, now, granted, with a purse, you could go get, you know, a really good um, illuminator. But the D-Ball D2, you're looking at double the price. Uh, for the D-Ball D2, you're looking at $1,649. Or $1,699 if you get it in tan. I'd have to do the black because I need green and they don't have green and the only other option they would be... completely changed up their illuminator. The Steiner Optics D-Ball D2 dual beaming aiming laser with IR. They've completely changed how this looks. They've revamped the whole thing. Yeah, I think you're looking or you're thinking of the A3, which is very similar to the I2 where it's like boxy and the the IR um, flood... Um, I don't know how to describe it, but basically the whole left side of that unit looks like a big uh, light, essentially. The other nice thing that I, like while researching that I found is that it all co-witnesses. Um, so if, as you're sighting in the laser, um, I guess is there, there should be a visible, when all the reviews I watched were focusing on the IR portion. I'm not sure if there's a regular visible laser uh, with that, but basically everything co-witnesses as one. So if there's multiple lasers... With the D2, um, it has a visible laser. Yeah, so all, that'll co-witness with the IR. And then I'm assuming the flood, you have to kind of direct somewhat. So it's all supposed to intertwine and sight in together. Yeah, the D-Ball A3, the civilian dual, uh, versus the D-Ball D2, the dual beam aiming laser with IR illuminator... Um, I would assume that the D2 looks better and runs better than the A3. Um, but I really want to test, I really would like to test them out, but I know that, you know, I got to get my night vision to do that. So I got to stop spending all my money on other things. <laughs> I was, I was uh, chatting with a guy yesterday. I noticed he had local guy. I noticed he had IR on his gun. And I'm like, I was like, do you, you got night vision? And he, he said he bought the IR. He still needs to get the night vision. And I was like, huh. I was like, I feel like that's backwards. I didn't say that to him, but I'm like, I feel that, like that's backwards. Like I'd want to be able to, to utilize that. Uh, oh, the, the, the night vision is discontinued, I believe. Oh, is it? Yeah. I believe, they, I believe they've discontinued it. I think they're now going with the A3. I mean, they had some issues from what I had heard, which also made me very hesitant with going with the D-ball. Um, like I had heard of issues of them breaking. And uh, I mean, I can't speak from experience, just like what I've heard that there was like issues with dealing with Steiner on it too. Um, so I, I don't know, but the, uh, the reviews on the D2 uh, sound a lot better than what i've heard of the past stuff which might be the i2 yeah i wouldn't go with the i2 i would stick with i would stick with the d2 because the d2 looks a hell of a lot better um than is the there I. any thoughts on the like uh, they're calling out that it's uh, a green laser any thoughts between that or um i mean if you if the night vision is not um white phosphor like is the green gonna really jump out at you when you when you activate it I don't know. I, <laughs> to be honest, when I was in the army, we had PEC fours and PEC fifteens, and those had a, an illuminator and a laser, and an invisible laser. And I remember them being red. And I remember someone yelling at me because they could see my red laser, because um, I apparently I didn't I didn't put it on. Um, infrared so and then I was trying to put it on infrared and I couldn't and apparently somebody before me had broken the emitter and that was the only thing I remember so they like the only one that was working was the visible laser with the um, IR flood so they but I also remember I specifically remember being told um, not not to run the laser um, until like you're doing like co close quarter stuff because I think we only had them zero to like 25 yards or 20 yards ah, okay. or something like that um, and to be honest that was just a miserable night of me shooting um, because 
my module was broken. So I still had to go shoot the course of fire, but I, my, 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 my PEC 15 just sucked. It wasn't working. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. I mean, it seems like everybody's transitioning to green. So I'm assuming that even under a, uh, a green night vision, not a white phosphorus, it's still going to pop enough that it's really noticeable. Yeah. I mean, I think you'll, I think you'll, no matter what you get, I think you'll be happy with what you get. I just don't want you to get something that you absolutely hate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I have a tendency to always seek out like, uh, I hate to say the Gucci stuff, but I, I, I tend to, if I buy like lower end stuff, regret it and then end up buying the higher end stuff. So that's why I'm immediately eyeing this uh, D ball because it was kind of my back fall from the uh, the peck since I couldn't get the peck. But there was so many with the reviews. There was there was a fair amount of disadvantages to getting the peck because it didn't um, when you were citing it in it didn't like co witness across all um, systems. Yes, like you had to cite in each for individual the, for the PEC four you did, but for the PEC 15, you don't, I believe you, I believe with the PEC 15, fuck, who makes the PEC 15? Um, well, there's a PEC 16 now, which is different. Um, but the 15 was EOTech and they, they definitely, from everything I read, um, you did oh, have at to... Paul. L3 Harris at Paul and PEC 15. Um, Let me see. I'm trying to, <laughs> at this point, I think, I, I know this is the one that um, we had in the military, but I don't remember, I don't remember a whole fuckload about it. That the EOTech at Paul and PEC-15. Advanced targeting pointer and illuminated aiming. Yeah, that one, the PEC-15, um, everything is aligned from what I remember. I could be 100% wrong. We really need to get someone who knows night vision equipment, like to teach us more about it. Um, because in my personal experience, I don't have that much when it comes to it. So I'm, this is still a learning game for me also. Yeah, every, everything I've seen on that, it does not um, cite in together. You have to cite in each individual laser. I remember that I guess being the flood. downfall with the PEC-2, but I don't remember that being the downfall with the PEC-15. Yeah, I don't know. I think I saw that on a YouTube, so I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't I'm, either. I'm, I'm relying on other people to tell me <laughs> well don't don't count me in on there i can i can help you with night vision i can't help you with all the accessories so we've got right. that um what are you going to go through with mounts and stuff because i know you said you had mounts so, somebody yeah, already gave you so i'm using the um all the mil spec stuff same so yeah so i've got all the uh rhino mount the j hook um that was issued to my buddy that was a marine uh, sorry huge shout out, yeah! Huge shout out to him uh, for helping me out with that when he was uh, moving, because um, I started looking at the prices of that stuff, and uh, that was huge savings. <laughs> so uh, excited to uh, to put it back to work because he wasn't going to be using it at all, and I'll be roaming the farm fields with it. Well, there you go. So that's not that's not too bad. No, yeah, it's uh, it should be fun. I was debating uh, uh, spraying it green. The other downside to these bump helmets, you know, I love my OD green, is most of these bump helmets, everything I've seen, in fact, I can't even remember the ops core. Yeah, the ops core one comes in tan, black, red, or multi-can. Hmm. What, what about OD green gang? Where, what's, what's ops core doing here? And then, like, if you jump into the ballistic ones, it's uh, Ranger Green. And I could probably pull off Ranger Green, but I'm not paying $1,700 more to get Ranger Green. So I'm going to get the bump helmet probably in the tan tan or um, multi-cam. Multi-cam is 45 bucks more, so I'll probably do the tan and then buy one of those covers for it, which come in green. Well, there you go. That's the game plan. Not not too bad. Yeah. What other fun stuff are you looking at? <clears throat> um. Well, actually, my buddy hooked me up with one of those, um, the Surefire IR 
uh, illuminators that mounts on the side of your helmet, like a little blinker. Mm -hmm. So I need to, I got to find the attachment for that. Uh, Cause it looks like the rails that are on most of these helmets. Um, you need some adapter to run it on those. So I'm gonna hook that thing up on there. Uh, outside of that, I, I don't know. I mean, some goofy uh, IR patches probably, you know, need something goofy. funny. Goofy yeah. IR patches? Yeah, I need something funny. I found some Barnes 69 grain OTM. That's not too bad. Um, I like, I like uh, there's a company that makes um, IR patches. I think if you just search um, uh, IR patches on Amazon, they're on there and you can you can find some funny stuff on there. They had, um, oh, what was it? There was one, it was like, um, haha, you can't see me because it's dark. And it goes, and it was like, oh shit, or something like that. Like it was, I thought it was pretty hilarious. I'll send you, I'll send you this one. This is the one I, I wanted to get the other day. Um, but they sold out by the time I, He's going to drop more. Uh, let's see. Does he actually have a date? If you shoot me, you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to put that on the back of my helmet. There you go. There you go. Uh, the next next drop is uh, Cinco de Mayo. So, there you go. Uh, Fifth day of May. Yeah, so I'm going to... Uh, I'm gonna I, I messaged the guy, and he's supposed to be doing some more I, IR patches. So I'll probably get that for the back of my helmet. And then... Um, We'll see about the sides, maybe some flags, or I, I got, uh, you know, I'm big on like the privateer group um, logo, which for those that aren't familiar, it's like the Blackbeard logo, but replaced with uh, AR in hand. Um, is it like stabbing some hearts or something? Uh, well, the AR is, well, I mean, the traditional Blackbeard one, yes. he's uh, He's got a spear and he stabbed the heart. So there's like drops off of it. Um, but the privateer one, the the barrel is aimed up. It's not not down at the heart. Um, but yeah, I, I bought I a while ago he did a drop of IR patches that came in a a brown envelope and it had like a wax seal on the back that's cool as hell. Um, but I missed that drop. And then the next time he dropped patches he had some in there and I was like, yes. So I, I grabbed it immediately. Um, I have not opened them because the, the packaging is pretty Gucci. Um, and I've, I've chatted with a couple buddies that were like, they, they cut it a specific way just to kind of hang on to the, uh, the packaging, the envelope for it. That's interesting. I'm not a big fan of packaging. So like, I, I think that companies that, that, that do that only want their packaging to be that way. So that way, they can make money off of the packaging. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, they those patches, people buy them for like $15 plus shipping. And when I started buying his patches, um, the first drop I tried to, to buy, he sold out in under a minute. I think he only made like 30 patches. Um, the next drop that he did, uh, he made about the same amount of patches and I was buying for myself and then for a buddy. So I bought like seven of the patches. Um, they're one of the hardest ones to come by now. And I still have like four of them. Uh, I sold one for like 90 bucks. Um, it was like 80 or 90. And other people have sold them for about the same too. It, I find it mind blowing the amount that like uh, SupDef or like some of the the patch companies the collecting right now is is wild with that stuff yeah i mean at subdef the other day i was on uh cory had a live going and he was going to drop um what he was referring to as uh dime bags it looked like a bag that you would basically you could put some ammo in or something um he had some that were dcu and then he, he showed these other ones that were like that uh, multi-cam, um, mm -hmm. not multi-cam, but they, you know, like the new Navy, like blue camo. Uh -huh. um, he said he only made 12 of those. So he, uh, he was, once the DCU sold out, he was going to post those. And he's like, he even said like, he's like, 
whoever buys these up, you're going to be able to flip them for like 600 bucks because they're the most, they're the most limited production bag that he's made. Damn. Kind of seems like a shitty thing to do though, to, to the people who follow you and want your stuff. I, it's pretty wild. I, I, that, that business plan, like that hype business plan is, is crazy. It's kind of cool in a way, but yeah, when, when there's tons of people that like dig the designs and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's a little, a little hard. Yeah. Sorry about that. I think uh, my dog decided he was going to try to come in here and then he wanted to knock a bunch of stuff over. So <laughs> glad I was on mute there. Um, but anyway, I think it's about time we wrap up to, with the people to let them know that we absolutely know nothing about illuminators and IR devices, but we do know a little bit about night vision and uh, we can shoot guns. So we're going to keep doing that. And then you'll, oh, I can at least build them. I need to, I need to work on the shooting aspect. Well, then, you know, that makes yeah. one of us, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, uh, honestly, I, um, I, just keep practicing. That's really the only thing I think you can do is just keep practicing, knocking it out, making sure that you're, you know, putting rounds down range. The more you put rounds down range, the better. So I would, I would, con I would just consistently work on putting rounds down range and working on your fundamentals because the more you work on your fundamentals, the more it transfers into everything else. So definitely, definitely yeah, keep, we, keep doing We may it. have to talk uh, drills or something at some point here. Um, I can send you some drills at one of these points. Okay. Yeah, that might be uh that might be good because I, I know next week and I am planning to get out shooting and one of my buddies was talking about uh he was more he was interested in trying to get do more like drill type stuff because uh what I we, am... spe we spend so much time building um or at least I spend so much time building half the time when I go out I'm just testing new gear. You know those build. like six by nine flashcards or six by six flashcards? Yeah. So go get yourself like some targets on Amazon. And then what I normally do is I get like a six by six flash card and I put that up in the center of the target. And then I get a, I get a playing card and I put that in the center and I try to shoot for the playing card and anything I get in the white square, I count as good. Anything I get out of the flash card, I count as no good. And anything I get in the center or in the, in the playing card, I count as like excellent. Like that's where I'm, I'm going to keep all my shots. So that's what I try to do. Um, and I, I should put this up at some point, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to build one of my stands this weekend so I can get some of my targets up and on there. And then I will be able to take that and do some stuff with it. But I think. I mostly I think, run steel. Do you think uh, like just uh, spray paint a different color in a region? I mean, yeah, you could do that too. Um, I don't, I mean, I do it on paper just so that way I can see my hits and see my accountability. If you're running okay. steel, you know, you anywhere you hit on that steel is technically considered a hit because you, you're getting the feedback from it. Um, okay. But I like to know how precise I am in the shooting itself. So uh, granted shooting steel is a, is fun and, and, and definitely, you know, still building your skills, but also be prepared to put your rounds on paper to see how bad you actually are. Because to be honest, I can shoot steel all day long. But then when it comes to me shooting on paper, sometimes I suck. So you've got you've to be prepared to see how bad you are on paper. And I think that that's something you have to, you have to work through. I'm not a big sure. fan of shooting paper, but you have to be able to see how bad you are on paper to make up for your deficiencies and work on where you're deficient. And when you're talking about that, like what distances are you? And, you know, I feel like we're talking about stuff we could probably cover later because you were going, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> maybe we hop into this another time um but what, anywhere like from what? every anywhere from seven to 25 yards on that and then anything and you're, you're talking rifle though too not uh or rifle or pistol yeah rifle or pistol right okay. a pistol like my uh, with a handgun um i would stay i would say any, anywhere between five to 15 yards and then with a rifle i go from seven to 25 and just because i feel like five yards i'm pretty much cheating i'm halfway there with the length of my gun so you know i think i think it's seven yards 10 yards in 15 and 25 that's good for paper and then kind of going out like if you're going out to 100 and stuff like that unless you're zeroing um you can you can slap steel at 100 200 stuff like that and and, and work on that 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's because I think it, I think at a hundred yards, if you're slapping steel, you're, you're, you're doing pretty good. Um, you know, as long as your round count is up there, like if you're shooting one round every three, every four or five seconds, because that's the only hits you can make at a hundred, then, then that's probably, you know, you need to work on your fundamentals, trigger squeeze and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but if you're able to hit, you know, one round every half second on a steel target while you're moving and doing things, you should be pretty good. Um, you should be into the point where I think you could start entering into competitions and doing things. So definitely, definitely get yourself there at a hundred and it will, you know, the more you're on at a hundred, it translates closer. So (laughs) just, just make sure you know that. True. But anyway, that was enough of me sucking at talking about laser emitter devices. Um, but Thank you. It's Malar time for joining us. Uh, this will be a next week episode, but for you guys listening, it will be a right now episode. So that doesn't really matter. Um, but thank you so much. And then uh, you close your end out and I'll close this out all the way. All right. Run suppressed. Stay blessed. And then uh, did we talk about brownells in the beginning? Yes. Yes, you did. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. Well, go our, visit our brownells. homies over there. <laughs> <laughs> go visit brownells. Um, they're awesome. And then also, um, Shoot him in the face. <laughs>